Welcome back to the Interlude Podcast. You are listening to episode 81, A Conversation with Claire Paxman. I am so excited to chat with Claire. Claire is one of the family members of the founder of Paxman Scalp Cooling. She is a brand ambassador and the director of global training. Paxman Scalp Cooling is the global leader in cold capping during chemotherapy. And the story of this company is incredible. It began when Claire's mom was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 36. And her family, and specifically her husband, tried to come up with a system that was more effective than what was in place in the United Kingdom at the time for scalp cooling. And to see what it's turned into is just incredible. The Paxman system has treated over 100,000 patients worldwide in over 50 countries. The device gained medical approval in the United States in 2017. And since then, they have been in over 40 states, in over 300 sites, and continue to expand. Unfortunately, Claire's mom died from metastatic breast cancer at the age of 44, but her legacy lives on in Paxman. On today's episode, Claire shares her story. She breaks down exactly what the Paxman device is, its effectiveness, how it works, how to prepare for the procedure, and what's next, including some of the incredible research that they are doing to try to optimize outcomes and efficacy in type three and four hair. We go into all of this on the episode. It was an absolute honor to have the opportunity to chat with Claire. And so let's get right to it. I'm your host, Dr. Eleanor Toplinski, and I am a board certified medical oncologist specializing in the treatment of breast and gynecologic cancers. I started the Interlude podcast as a way to share the journeys and experiences of women who are going through cancer. On this podcast, we talk about anything and everything related to the cancer journey, the treatment, and life after cancer. As a reminder, the information discussed on this podcast is not meant to serve as medical advice. Any specific medical questions should be directed to your healthcare team. My dad, Glenn Paxman, who is our uh, founder uh, and chairman, uh, saw how distressed that she was. Um, he asked her consultant, her doctor at the time, what's, what's this scalp cooling? Why? I can see you're trying to cool the scalp, but you know, why hasn't it worked? Um, and that was a bit of a light bulb moment when the doctor said that, you know, we're trying to cool the scalp to protect the hair follicles uh, from the chemotherapy. Um, but, you know, lots of the methods or available methods at the time were ineffective due to them not cooling effectively or having to change caps, etc. Um, so, as I say, that was his light bulb moment, because as a, as a family, we have over 70 years of refrigeration experience. Um, so my grandfather in the 1950s developed a type of beer cooler, um, <laughs> which is obviously very, very different. But, um, you know, I'm talking a long time ago here now. But but my dad was already a successful businessman and entrepreneur. And 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 with the help of his brother, um, Neil Paxman, who is 
what he doesn't know about refrigeration and cooling liquids isn't worth knowing. Mm -hmm. um, so the pair, the both of them set about and said, look, we need to make something that works. We know the principles. We, we, we know what to do in terms of a refrigerated system. Um, and they set about developing the, the Paxman system. So we got medical um, device approval in 1997. And now we are incredibly proud to say that we are the you know the global leaders in scout cooling in 2021 we're distributing to over 60 countries worldwide we're working with some, some of the most prolific cancer sites all over the world and since our fda clearance um in the us in 20 april 2017 where we've got uh, over well over 600 systems um across 300 and odd sites across 40 states and, and are working with uh, again some incredibly prolific sites in the US as well such as Memorial Sloan Kettering MD Anderson um, to name to name but a few but uh, sadly my mum she her cancer reoccurred um, when after she'd been in remission for five years and uh, and after another Another three-year battle um, with it, uh, although you can't really call it a battle, can you? Um, but it, uh, she was she was incredible with her fight. Um, but she uh, yeah she sadly died uh, of her secondary breast cancer um, in two thousand, aged only forty-four, which is which is tragic. Um, but her legacy lives on. You know, every single person that we help. Every single person that gets access to Paxman is touched by my mum. And I always say you're in good hands because you are in the hands of my mum um, and as us as a, as, a, as a family and as a business because we've had the first-hand experience of, of being diagnosed with cancer. We've had the first-hand experience of what it's like to lose your hair. And that's why we are so invested in this treatment um, in making it accessible um, and you know no matter who you are where you are your cancer type your gender your ethnicity um, that you know you get you get access to to Paxman and uh, and can uh, continue my mum's legacy. That's so beautiful I have just chills listening to that I mean it's did she ever get to see the Paxman really in action the device? She yeah, she did. Um, so we had developed the, the system um, when her cancer had reoccurred and she did actually use it. Unfortunately, um, it didn't work for her because our understanding um, uh, of chemotherapy and, and the mechanisms of how it works was, was you know, very limited back then. It's very different now. But uh, and also the, the, the drugs that she was that she was on, um, you know, were, were, were tough. It was a tough regime. Um, so sadly, she, she didn't work for her. However, in the interest of research, <laughs> bless her, she uh, she continued to use it even though she had very little hair. So, um, which it did it did start to start to grow back, but then obviously her her treatment was stopped. But it's it was wonderful for her to see it and to see the that first initial system, which is uh, and caps, which have come on a, <laughs> a heck of a long way in the last 20 I, years. <laughs> I can imagine. So tell me a little bit about what the Paxman system looks like today. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, 
if you so basically what we have is a small refrigerated system um and it's about the size of a bedside table um it's it's uh, portable and that actually is designed to uh, sit next to your infusion chair um, and what that does is it rapidly cools this special liquid coolant down to an operating temperature um, and then circulates that coolant into a soft silicon cap. And you wear the cap um, for a period of time before, during and after uh, your chemotherapy infusion. Because ultimately what we are trying to do is cool the scalp to protect those hair follicles from the adjuvant effects of the chemotherapy drugs. Um, so it's, it's a very, very simple system to use. Um, it's got a very simple intuitive uh, user interface, uh, which step-by-step step, and all you literally need to do is press, press a button, um, but with, with sophisticated refrigeration uh, system. And again, the caps are, are, are very simple to use. The model that we have in, in the US with you guys is where the, the cap, the patient has a cap delivered to their home um, and it's their responsibility to um, practice with the cap and take that cap into the infusion center with them. Um, and then they fit their own cap and then the infusion center staff will, nurses will, um, will operate the system, connect you up to the system and, and operate it for during your treatment. Now, you know, the non-Paxin devices, right? There are other companies that do scalp cooling. They're yeah. very, you know, it's a lot of work, right? You have to transport this whole system. You have to bring it on dry ice and so forth. And, and a lot of people I think are dissuaded because of the work. Now, this seems a lot easier to me, right? Um, yeah. Is it really that, I mean, in terms of what the patient is doing short of fitting the caps, you know, what's their role and, and their support person's role in it, or do they not really do much? So they, you, so the patient's role is, again, is, is, limited in terms of um you know transporting equipment etc um they they do get the cap delivered to their to their um home and as i mentioned um it's sort of their responsibility to to practice and make sure that they they understand and feel comfortable and confident in the fitting of that cap what we do at paxman is we have tutorial videos so that um people can watch can watch the videos and practice fitting the, the caps themselves. Um, we also have a number of, of patient liaison um, uh, specialists within the US who can FaceTime and who can be there to provide support and guidance. And um, what we want to do is make it as simple as possible, because as you've just alluded to, we do know that there is a lot of misconception that you know it can be very laborious and, and and as you say with the with the other type of caps where you have to get them ready and prepare them and then put them on and and it's it's good to have somebody there to help you the difference is with the Paxman cap is once you um have fitted that cap at the beginning of treatment there's no requirement to change it it's fitted it's there it's on and it's on for the duration. And that also helps as well in terms of toler tolerating it. I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's not cold because, you know- well, It has to be cold. We know it has to be cold. Exactly. You know, we, we're having, we're needing to take the, the, the temperature of the scalp down to 
Now, you, I'm going to have to make sure I get this right now because obviously we work in Fahrenheit. Yes. But 64 to 72, um, that's the temperature that we are taking the scalp and we need to take the scalp down to, which is in rapid succession. So we have the coolant that, that we use and, and even whichever method of, of cold cap treatment you have, it is, it is cold because it has to be for that process to happen. But the difference was when you've got a refrigerated system is, is that um, obviously you don't need to change the cap and you, you, the, you tolerate it much easier because um, you, it's like you, you, you acclimatize or acclimate, as you guys mm -hmm. say, acclimate yes. temperature. Um, so 10 to 15 minutes um, and then, you know, uh, you, you can, it, it does be become much easier. And if you, you only have to speak to the thousands of people that we've treated, and that's exactly the same information. As long as you're protecting that forehead, which is key, make sure that you have something on your forehead, whether that be a, a cotton a fabric headband or some sort of liner, um, you know, so that where where that silicon cap with the coolant running through it is is touching is not touching the skin. It helps it makes it much more much more comfortable. Um, but yeah, we 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 like we like saying we pride ourselves on it on it being less laborious than than other types of of cold cap treatment. And how long after, so how long before the treatment starts and how long after does the, the treatment end? And I know this certainly depends on which drug of chemotherapy people are getting, but on average, yeah. what's that time? Because, you know, sometimes with the, the other devices, people can take them home and, and wear, continue to wear them at home, right? So what's the time that people are actually spending now extra in the infusion center? Okay, so you um, so you need to wear it um, as I mentioned beforehand, um, and that is for thirty minutes. So that's to prepare your scalp and make sure that your scalp is at that required temperature. So you're already starting to protect those hair follicles before you start the infusion of your chemotherapy. The only time that, that and that's that's whatever drug that you're having. The only time that that's any different is if you have type three or four hair. So what I mean by that is curly, coily, Afro type hair. Um, obviously, you've got much more insulation with this type of hair. So it's important that you increase that time. So we say uh, 45 minutes. Okay. OK, now that doesn't extend or have any impact because you can actually have that pre-cooling whilst you're having your pre-meds. Um, so there's no difference with that. Mm -hmm. Then, as we say, you continue to wear it. Um, during the infusion. Now, the time that you wear it after, as you very correctly said, is dependent on the drug that you are having. So with the majority of the drugs um, and, and cyclones, whether it's epirubicin or um, uh, all the different types, the majority of regimes with, a, with the Paxman system, you wear it for 90 minutes post. OK, and the, our cooling times have been um, taken from the, the number of research papers that we have, but majority of from the our scalp cooling registry of over 7000, 7000 patients. And we've looked at different varying times versus, you know, um, two and a half hours versus 90 minutes, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the 90 minutes is, is key. We've not shown any benefit of continuing cooling later or, or, when you, or when you get home. We are still doing a lot of 
research in, in that area, in particular with, with anthracyclines. Um, but at the moment, it's, it's 90 minutes. The only time that that's any different is if you are having a single agent docetaxel, only single agent, then it's actually a much shorter post-cooling time of 20 minutes. Now, if you are having that, having that as, a, as a combination, um, so if you're having it with cyclophosphamide, so if you're having TC, then that goes back up to 90 minutes. Um, the only other exception is if you are having weekly pacliotaxel. Mm -hmm. um, weekly pacliotaxel, um, again, is, is 60 minutes. But what we always say is if in doubt, do do the do the minimum of, of of 90 minutes so yes it does it does extend that time in the in the infusion mm -hmm. center um but people are required to stay afterwards anyway aren't they for a short period of yeah. time and that's not really that long of a time right if you think about observation and on all of all of that that you're yeah doing. absolutely and we kind of especially when I'm, if I'm speaking to patients or if I'm speaking at a facility um, is to try not to look at the negative of it. You know, it's I know this is you have um, potential issues with chair time, etc. But but what we do at Paxman is if if that is a potential concern, then we are more than happy to um, provide additional systems. So and this um, to allow you to do have a post cooling area. So they don't have to stay in the infusion chair for that post-cooling. You can actually move to a, a different area and, and attach to a different system um, because it is very simple to disconnect the patients from the coolant lines that are on, on the system. You don't have to start wheeling a, um, a machine with you or, or taking mm -hmm. it anywhere with you, like to the bathroom as well as, <laughs> as, well as the other patient as well. It's, it's very, very simple to, to disconnect. And also our, our systems are, are set up to be able to um, provide, to do that as well. So if you've got post-cooling post um, treatment area, um, then they're, they're set up to be able to facilitate that as well. And that's really helpful. How effective is this, right? We know that all, some drugs are better than others, right? So the taxines are going to be better than anthracyclines, but in general, kind of looking at the most common regimens, we can talk about breast cancer, but you know, what are you guys quoting in terms of efficacy? Okay, so yeah, as you said, there are varying different um, levels of efficacy depending on, on the drug. So what we do see is that circa 40% um, of patients will retain um, their hair with, uh, with anthracyclines and it's 70% plus with taxane-based therapies. Now, some of the things that is really important with regards to that is Anybody entering into scalp cooling treatment should um, be prepared and understand that hair loss does still occur. Okay, so we're aiming for people to retain 50% or more of the hair, and that's what um, is, is gauged as, as a success. However, again, that can be quite um, you know, anecdotal because they, they are subjective, sorry, because you know, some people retain 30% of the hair. And actually, they see that as a success because they've still retained they've still retained some you know some of their hair. Whereas, suppose you know we do have um, uh, people who've retained eighty percent of the hair and lost twenty, and they've not seen that as a success. 
However, if you look at our, our clinical data, um, uh, which we have, you know, over 65 clinical trials uh, with Paxman and over 85 abstracts, it's, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of data out there. The main things that we do see is that, you know, circa 40% um, retain the hair with anthracyclines, 70% plus um, with taxanes. So what we say and how we manage people's expectations is if you've got a 50% chance of retaining 50% or more of your hair. But one of the things that we also do like to um, get across is actually looking at scalp cooling beyond hair retention. Um, so we can now clinically prove um, with Paxman devices, um, we have a, a couple of papers um, that can prove this, is that the hair follicles are still being protected even when scalp cooling hasn't necessarily worked. So what we've seen in, these, in this clinical data is that the hair grows back thicker and faster within a 12-week period, even, as I say, when, um, when and if, if scalp cooling hasn't worked. So we do um, promote and also advise that, that, that people continue with scalp cooling, even if they've lost um, a, a large proportion of the hair keep going with it because your hair will return and grow back thicker and faster in a quicker period. To give you an example, we've had some, um, some ladies who have done ACT and at the end of the AC, they've lost quite a considerable amount of hair to the point where some people have actually shaved the hair, the hair but have continued scalp cooling. It's completely safe to do so as you're not gonna damage or, or damage the skin or damage the hair, hair follicle. Um, as long as you're protecting the skin from the actual um, cold cap itself. And we recommend such things as using paper uh, theatre caps, uh, surgical caps. Again, making sure I get the <laughs> across the pond. Um, but yeah, you could do things like that. And um, 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 th these particular ladies, again, then they saw hair regrowth occur before they'd finished the um, the, the docetaxel um, or before they'd finished the taxane. And some people who are on like second line treatment have reported that the hair is, you know, the four to five months ahead um, of when they were previously, when they hadn't scalp cooled because the hair had grown back much, much thicker and faster. So, you know, if we're thinking about the benefits of scalp cooling, it's, it's, it's again, looking beyond that hair retention. It's, it's, it's worth um, trying scalp cooling and, and having scalp cooling treatment in order to help you to and help people to get back to some sort of normal say um, um, post post their treatment post chemotherapy. And when the hair regrows, typically the texture can be very different. The color can be very different. Does doing the Paxman cooling have any effect? Have you found that the hair is more likely to regrow in a certain way or a certain pattern? So we don't have any actual data again to, to, to show that or to, to, um, to quantify that in any way. Um, however, again, anecdotally, we know that, um, and we know that people's hair, even with scalp cooling, the, the texture and it can sometimes still come back curly, um, uh, even, even when you've had scalp cooling. But the, the difference being is that the speed of it coming back and the, and the thickness, et cetera, that's what we looked at, not, not in particular the, the texture, et cetera. 
And, you know, one of the things that's sometimes talked about is getting a haircut to thin your hair, right? The idea that I've heard at least is some people have said, well, if you thin it, then, you know, there's more like there's less hair for the, the device to penetrate yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's um, something that we've, you know, the, a question that we often get asked. So in terms of cutting the hair, um, especially with if you've got type one, two, or even sometimes in some occasions type three hair, it's not the length of the hair is not doesn't have any impact on how successful scalp cooling is. The only time that we would recommend for hair to be cut prior to treatment is for people managing the hair loss during the treatment. Um, so if you have you know quite long hair, um, then have it cut into a much more shorter, manageable um, length. And again, because if you don't want to see long hair come out as opposed to shorter hair, that's really the only reason that you should go, go ahead and have your, have your hair cut. If you haven't had it cut for a while, so split ends, have those cut off because it makes it much more um, manageable when you are actually going through treatment because it's super, super important that people brush their hair every day when you're going through scalp cooling treatment. Many people feel like they can't touch it. If I don't touch it, if I don't wash it, it's going to stay. That's not the case. If it's going to come out, it will come out. And the problem is if you don't brush your hair and if you don't brush away those hairs that have, that have shed, then they get tangled up with the hair that remains and that's when mm -hmm. it can get matted up. So we really, really don't want that to, to happen. So um, split, cut, cutting off a splitting of split ends and, uh, and making sure that you brush it. Now, when it comes to type three and four hair, there has been very limited um, information about preparing your hair the best for, for treatment. We recognize this. And as part of our diversity and inclusion pledge, we've um, uh, been working on improvements of this and we will shortly be, be launching new videos, new tutorials and new instructions and training on how to best prepare type three and four hair before scalp cooling. As you very rightly said, type three and four hair is very voluminous and that volume can then impact on that cap getting to cooling the scalp and cooling those follicles. One size doesn't fit all. We do recommend that hair is um, uh, that your hair is is um, is wet, um, and also that you use conditioner. And the reason and the purpose for this is because um, wetting the hair reduces the volume, but also helps aid the heat transference. So the the cold the, um, the heat transference that is happening from the, the the heat being taken from your head, the cold cap. If it's the hair is wet then we do, um, we do see the benefits uh, benefits of that and obviously the volume reduction. And then we say to use a very small amount of conditioner and start smooth over the hair. And the reason for that is because you've got wet hair, sub-zero coolant running through a cap. We don't want it to stick. So the conditioner helps to prevent that from happening and also helps to easily remove that cap um, after, you've, after you've had your treatment. Now that's not gonna work with type three, four hair because the more, if you wet type three, four hair, it gets more voluminous, <laughs> it gets curlier. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that doesn't work. And we've recognized that and we appreciate that. So what's going to be coming out in our in instructions is a different method of preparing your hair. So what we're saying is 
to for and people with type three and four hair know their own hair and know what works best for them so we're recommending things like using a lot of conditioner with water um to sort of flatten it but then to put it into loose braids um or, or loose twists so that you're actually flattening it and getting that volume down um and but then sectioning it as well into a number of sections um rather than pushing the hair back because or parting it just in one part because that's again um not not very useful in that aspect so if people want to have it thinned out absolutely but what we're trying to do is for people to have some sort of normalcy with the hair um for when they're going through treatment but that's that's key for us so please um you know and i'm more than happy to share that so that you can share it with your yeah. um with both your patients and your followers for when when that's launched by us when they're wetting their hair and using the conditioner they're are they putting their cap on at home or they're coming to infusion with their hair wet? Like what, how does that work? So we actually recommend that the hair is prepared in the infusion center. Okay. If you're having treatment at a Paxman facility, um, uh, the office practice nurse or whoever is in the, in the, the doctor's office will actually talk about scalp cooling. Then they will actually measure to see which size cap they are. So there's a cap sizing um, process. Um, so whichever cap uh, they are, there's three different sizes, small, medium, or large, um, that will be then indicated on the enrollment form. Um, that then the patient will then receive their cap kit um, at home, and that's shipped to their house. So, uh, and within the cap kit, as well as their own individual cap, we also provide a full, um hair care kit if you like um within there there is um a specific shampoo and conditioner which we have developed um specifically for people going through treatment as we know skin sensitivity is mm -hmm. very important uh, when you're having chemotherapy um but they can take uh, but they can take all this with them they don't necessarily obviously need the shampoo but the conditioner within there there's also a water spray bottle there's a mirror there's a towel there's a, a tangle teaser brush, um, which is a, a great brush that helps get through um, through tangles in your hair. Um, and there's also um, a, the headband as well. Uh, there's guidance to our and directions to our tutorial videos. So as I said at the beginning, you can you can actually practice. So you would take this whole cap kit and it comes in a nice bag. And then that's that's what they take to the infusion center. Um, so that they can actually then go to the bathroom or sit on sit at the infusion chair with the mirror and uh, and get their hair prepared. Now, when it comes to the type three and four hair, it may be simpler uh, for people to actually have done that done the preparation um, process at home because it's you know to actually put twists and plaits or braids in your hair is is it takes quite a bit longer than than if you are preparing for type one and two but again we'll have all the supportive information um for people as soon as we're launching this and are there racial and ethnic differences you know again in terms of the type of hair and then the epic the subsequent like efficacy of the cold capping um again so we we do have we do have um different clinical paper and clinical data um, from different uh, ethnic areas, such as um, uh, in Japan or India. Um, uh, there's often people feel that they, 
um, it's not as effective with type three, four hair. But again, there is there is limited um limited data out there um but anecdotally we've seen great success um with with people with type three and four hair uh, and especially when we've introduced the the new hair preparation because that's so key it's about cooling that scalp and cooling the you know cooling the hair follicles um so we th there isn't a huge um difference in in the effectiveness depending on your ethnicity one thing that Paxman did do is uh, in relation to our Japanese patients um, is that Japanese um, people have very different head shapes. So they have a head shape which is called brachycephalic, um, which means it's very flat on the top and very flat at the back. And our current style cap, which we did lots of anthropometric testing of different head shapes, um, didn't work as effectively um, because of this type of head. So uh, subsequently, we have now developed a, a brachycephalic cap, so a cap that is specific for people with um, uh, um, you know, people with smaller type heads and, and the, the brachycephalic type type heads. That's just so interesting, right? Like you, really, <laughs> I mean, there's so much science and research that goes into it, um, and it's really wonderful to hear about all of the changes that you are making, you know, to really prepare the head for this. And thank you for that. And it, it, it all goes back to our passion to help people and, uh, you know, and striving for the best. And that goes down to as well the, the effectiveness. So we know that, you know, it doesn't work for everybody. And as, as I've mentioned before, depending on the different drug um, drug types, but we are focused on and dedicated to improving that. So a couple of years ago, in collaboration with our local university, where a lot of the science um, about how scalp cooling works has come from and, the, and published um, in collaboration, we've, we've now um, reinvested back and we've actually opened the world's first scalp cooling research and innovation centre. So what we are doing is cultivating real life hair, hair follicles. So instead of using genetic, genetically grown or genetically modif modified um, cells, we're now using real life hair, hair um, follicles. So what we are doing is delivering the chemotherapy to them and we can really see and understand exactly what happens to that hair follicle when the chemotherapy is delivered to it, such so proteins that are, are, are given off, et cetera. And what that will enable us to do um, is really better understand how we can further protect them. We know that some people are natural hotheads in a very simple term, no matter how <laughs> cold you go, no matter how long they wear the cap, you just cannot cool the heads. But by using, um, potentially using topical agents and, and other methods that we can actually further protect those follicles. And these are all the, the areas that, that we're looking at and that we're researching into. So it's our goal, um, we're chasing zero hair loss. We, we want it to be a minimum of 80%, uh, if not more, no matter what drug you're on, no matter what your hair type is, no matter what your ethnicity is, is that, you know, you get a minimum um, percentage of 80% success. And this is what Paxman are striving to do and what we're doing behind the scenes to uh, to make it more efficacious. I mean, that is incredible. And I, I love, right, like the small company, like how it all started, right, As and, and just <laughs> to do something for your mom um, and to, to become the global leaders and 
mean, that must just bring you so much joy to see to see the success of this, right? And to see the legacy of of your family and your mom. Yeah, I, I cannot even begin to explain and put into words how much it means to, to myself and um, to my brother, Rich Paxman, who is our CEO. Um, and, you know, the fact that I get to work with him on a daily basis, al- along with our um, 60 plus strong team, global team here in the UK, in the US in the, and around the world. And, you know, and to get to be able to do to do this as a family. And yeah, as you say, my mum's legacy. She was 44 years old when she died, which is absolutely no age. Um, and it's tragically what happens on a daily basis with secondary breast cancer, as you know only too well. All too well, all too well. But I, I think that, you know, I mean, there we have made great strides in research, but there's a very, very long way to go. But like you said, hair is so important and it's what the world sees, right? You can hide a lot of side effects and you can't hide hair. Um, And so if there's something, you know, if we can lessen, you know, it's not all, I mean, it's, it's obviously we, we, we need people to live longer. We need to improve outcomes, but we also need to improve their quality of life while they're living with the disease. And I I think that this is one way to do that, um, to improve yeah. quality of life, to improve people's body image and sense of self. And for, for some people, this is really the, the most important thing to them. It is. And when you when you know and you have statistics, shocking statistics, easy for me to say, of that between eight to 10 percent of people refuse chemotherapy or request a less efficacious you know, treatment in order to retain their hair speaks volumes and it shows that this is by no means is it vanity it's it's much much more deep rooted than that it's it's psychological the the drivers as to why people want to keep the hair sometimes are even often to do with themselves you know yes there's the the loss of lack of you know privacy mm-hmm. um and people want that normalcy but but also you know it's that those relationships, interpersonal relationships, and especially with family members, the amount of children that associate bald and or no hair with death is incredible. So if we can, um, you know, help like that 14 year old girl that I was in, stood in the bathroom with my mum to not have to live through cutting her hair off, you know, if we can help that that mum not have to tell her children whether you think that's right or not, but that's people's choice. And it's about giving people that choice um, to, to, to retain or, or help, um, you know, with the hair during their chemotherapy. It's, it's, it's why we do what we do. And it, it is, it is so, so important. Claire, thank you so much. This was wonderful. Um, Very educational. And I, I just, I sense your passion coming through <laughs> all the way across, you know, <laughs> over here. <laughs> um, where can people find you and Paxman on Instagram or social media or on your website? Tell us all the details. Brilliant. Thank you. So, yeah, so we, we have our patient facing um, website, which is coldcap.com. Um, and there's lots of uh, useful videos uh, and information on there. We also um, have our Instagram, which is at scalp cooling. 
Um, and also please feel free to visit my own Instagram um, where again, I've got some useful tips and videos and lots more coming soon as well. Um, and I'm uh, at claire.paxman. Thank you again. And I, I know I can see how dark it is. It's getting <laughs> over there by you. <laughs> I do apologize actually sorry there is and um, we, we also have a for anybody that's on Facebook um we have a, a wonderful uh, closed Facebook group um which is for people who have been diagnosed um or family members and it's the most wonderful supportive network we're now up to nearly 4,000 members uh, on there and it's the, the the camaraderie and the support network for each other of everybody going through treatment is is really really wonderful um so yeah um, and that's um that's Paxman yeah, you can find that by just searching Paxman Scout Cooling um on on Facebook as well thank you again what a wonderful conversation I learned a lot about Paxman and it's so heartwarming to see her mom's legacy live on in so many patients. And I meant what I said, the passion for what they do, it just shines through. And, and it's so great to see that they are continuing to be innovative, fostering research in order to try to improve outcomes and efficacy for those who do choose to pursue scalp cooling. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or a family member, someone who may be interested or thinking about starting scalp cooling with their chemotherapy. You can find Claire on Instagram at claire.paxman and the Paxman Instagram account is scalp cooling. Their patient centered or patient facing website is www.coldcap.com and it has so much wonderful information on there and great resources. As always, you can find me at Dr. Doplinski on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I would be so grateful if you can leave a rating and or review on Apple Podcasts, as that is the best way to help me grow the show and bring it to new listeners. And with that, this week is Thanksgiving. Uh, and I just want to say a huge, huge Thank you to this community for tuning in, for being so supportive of the show, of the content, of, of everything. I am grateful to all of you. I wish you all a wonderful Thanksgiving with friends, with family. It is last year I had said that I hope we are able to gather around larger tables and it's great that you know we're getting there this year. Have a wonderful holiday and I will see all of you soon.